Welcome back to another Power Pack show, man. After All-Star Saturday night. We got some things to talk about, man. We balling like an all-star, man. We getting to it. We having adult conversations, man. First of all, I want to tell y'all the rundown of some of the topics that I want to talk about. I was listening to 7 p.m. with uh, Melo and Myro. Dope show. They had Joe Budden as a guest on the show. And they started talking about a lot of things like their disagreements with men, how Murrow and Deezus split up their uh, brand that they was creating, how Joe Budden and Rory Amal split up. And then they started talking about Melo and George Carr relationship, which was very interesting. We're going to talk about something Dr. Umar also said about vote for what, because I have had this perspective for a long time. And since I've been doing podcast or whatever, I've been tuning in more to politics and just the American system, capitalism, presidents and mayors and just voting in general. And I got some things to say because vote for what? That's 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 what the topic of discussion is with Dr. Omar. Now, this comedian named David Lucas, he has some ill humored jokes <laughs> about George Floyd and people start walking out the venue. Also, I want to touch bases on some things that happened at the Super Bowl when Usher hugged Alicia Keys and the reaction that Bootsy gave about that. And that was crazy. That was real crazy. But let's get into the show, though, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's get it. The Traylon Jackson Podcast. <laughs> So I have a special guest coming on the channel tomorrow. He's a brother that been on the show before. I highly appreciate this brother. He has his own podcast, the guy Jackson podcast. And uh, tomorrow we will be discussing the whole weekend of NBA. It seemed like a lot's been going on, man. Since Cat Williams dropped the interview since the Super Bowl, the Grammys, Valentine's Day. Now it's All-Star Weekend. It's just a lot of distractions has been going on. Have you stayed focused on your your yearly thing that you, your goals, your admirations? Have you been able to stay focused with all of the distractions? Well, I'm going to talk about some of the distractions, but I want to do it in an educational way. I want to talk a little bit about basketball, man, because basketball is my favorite sport to play, not to watch anymore. For some reason, I feel like basketball has been diluted. I feel as if that if the play doesn't start being more competitive and the athletes don't start playing a little bit more defense, when that TV deal come back around, those players won't be getting those contracts that they used to no more. And I think that the NBA is praying that LeBron James don't retire, that Steph Curry don't retire, because like... I don't see the competitiveness in individuals anymore. It seems like the money has ruined the competitiveness. Nobody is really competitive out for each other's head and trying to kill each other to win them basketball games. Not like how 
what I'm used to. So I was watching Saturday, the Saturday shindig or whatever in Indianapolis, and I was just looking around at the skills competition, uh, the dunk contest, and the three-point shooting contest. And I liked the thing with Steph Curry and the, the lady from the WNBA. She, was, she, she came out there and hit the same amount of shots that the men hit at the highest clip in the three-point shooting contest. That was interesting. But what caught my attention the most about the whole Saturday, I got the hat on. Like, come on, Jalen Brown, that dunk dog. That was the worst dunk and dunk contest history. Let's look at it. Come on now. Check him out. He look excited. His boys out there with him. Let's check his dunk out. He's trying to do the D Brown. I got the pictures side by side for y'all. Look at that, man. Come on now. And then after he dunked, he's going to try to hide like he was blindfolded. After he dunked. He dunked. Then he put his arm up there like he was doing it blindfolded. Come on. That's the worst dunk in NBA history, dog. Real talk. It don't get no worse than that. I ain't never seen a dunk that bad. But the dunk contest, it wasn't. Interesting at all this year And the judges One thing the NBA need to do is, is is make the judges a little bit younger To me Because Those scores at first When it first came on It was horrible It's like those guys wasn't even in tune with The NBA at all It's like they're not even in tune with the game Or with the dunks That first dunk that the short guy did this in the G League. I don't forgot his name, Matt McClung or McClung or something like that. Um, it, it, see, the names ain't even memorable. I barely can remember Jalen Brown's name, the one that did the uh, the try to mimic the D Brown dunk. I barely can remember them boys' name because the things that's being done is not as memorable as I'm just used to it. That's all I can say. It might be more memorable to other individuals, or, or y'all might be perceiving that I'm hating, but. It's just not that memorable to me. So, the dunk contest, the judges were so bad that I really couldn't even get into it when they were scoring 46 and and 47s and giving, uh, man, my home, Jalen Brown did that regular dunk and I almost got a 50 for doing that regular dunk like that. And then they give McClung or whatever his name is, I keep messing up his name, I apologize. They gave him a 47 for a dunk that we never seen before. It was crazy, the scoring that they was doing. But all in all, the NBA got to get it together. One thing that I did like, though, was the technology on that basketball court. Why haven't they did that earlier? Like, we see where technology is going. Like, technology is becoming so smart and so advanced that it's making people dumb. It's making people look dumb. It's making that technology, it look dope. But it kind of take away from the game because I'm looking at the floor instead of looking at the, the game. Okay. I'm going to switch the topics up, though, but we're going to stay on basketball. So, George Carl and Carmelo Anthony relationship has been interesting. George Carl is a legendary coach. He's coached a lot of teams, a lot of successful teams, but he never won a ship. As so Carmelo never won a ship. I remember that time when 
the Denver Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Championship, and Carmelo was balling. He was balling. To me, he played better than Kobe, but Kobe had the better team. It might have been because at that time Carmelo was very youthful or whatever, but if y'all can remember that in the comment section, let me know if y'all remember that. If y'all remember that one time when Carmelo was in the Western Conference Championship and he was balling with J.R. Smith and them boys. Was A.I. there yet? I don't even think A.I. was there yet. I think that was the year before A.I. But I was listening to 7 p.m. in Brooklyn with Carmelo and Myro, and this is what was said. That I knew we wasn't going to work out or we was going to have issues. The first day he got the job, he got the job a couple days before we played Milwaukee Bucks. So the whole thing was, I'm not coaching no game. My first game, I wanted to be against Milwaukee Bucks. Cool. Go back home. They fucked you over over there. I, I know the business. I know the game at the, you know, and I, I really don't know the game when he came to the team. It's, I'm 21 now. Mm. All I know, I got a big name coach coming. George Carl, Coach Milwaukee, Coach Seattle, Gary Payton. You know what I mean? All of, all of that. <clears throat> we get to Milwaukee after, sh- after shoot around, call me to his room and tell me, hey, man, like, I think you overrated. Like, I, I, you have a lot of work. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. First sentence? Listen. <laughs> nah. 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 that narrative though like the defensive narrative but i'm gonna get to that point the first the first shoot around he come to me and say like look man i think you overrated we have a lot of work to do. i know i ain't you know what i mean i know i got a lot of work i got a long way to go in this league but my nigga i you just got here you just got here like you don't need <laughs> asking no questions i'm like who's who what's what what's going on what's the vibe individual meetings with every player to introduce yourself. You ain't do none of that yet. You called me. Told me I was overrated. Looked at him. All right. So, yeah, you remind me of, uh, I, I see your role on this team. <laughs> You're more like Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> nah, get the fuck out of here. This is where it's born. This is, a, this is a fact. Nigga, shut the up, bro. Listen, bro, and because I was a student of the game up at this Yo, point, Milo, stop it, bro. I wanted I couldn't shit on Detlef Shrimp because I know his game. I fuck I, with I, Detlef I fuck yeah, yeah. But at that moment, you made me look at Detlef Shrimp a lot different. Like every time he come, why you you compare me to this nigga? Like, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Salute to them boys over there at 7 p.m. in Brooklyn, man. That's a good podcast. But what I want to say is that those two individuals that's being talked about in that conversation, George Carl and Carmelo Anthony, I was looking at some of the statistics. I see I got my phone up. George Carl coaching career, he had 22 winning seasons, 1,175 wins, zero rings. Carmelo Anthony is a top 75 player of all time. One of the meanest, baddest scoring 
basketball players ever don't got a ring. Like, was it the turmoil? Was it the conversations? Was it them not being able to be cohesive together, being able to have a relationship? Does it take more than just talent to win? Because George Carl's talented, Melo's talented. I think personally that those are some of the most successful people in their field. I got a statistic right here for the screen. George Carl, he responded to Carmelo. He said, hey, Carmelo, let's not do this. You're telling stories that are 20 years old. Let's move forward. And you were overrated. And you wish your game was efficient as deadlifts shrimps. Yeah, that's disrespectful. He telling them to move forward. Then he say, and you were overrated and wish your game was efficient as deadlifts. That's disrespectful, dog. Like I wouldn't even acknowledge him no more or mention his name. Because keeping the petty going is the reason both of y'all ain't champions. Keeping the petty going. Somebody got to humble themselves so you can move forward or leave that situation alone. Real talk, man, because that's not, that's not healthy, man. And I salute Carmelo. I like his book that he just released recently. I like his game. I like his podcast. Carmelo's a dope individual, man, but leave that situation alone with your old coach, dog. That's part of the reason both of y'all never won ships, for real. Now, moving forward with the conversation, uh, I want to talk about ballers that's rappers for a moment and some of my favorite ones. It's only two that I really know, Shaq and Dame Lillard. And salute to Dame Lillard for winning the three-point contest again. He's a he's a good player, man, but they got to get it together in Milwaukee, real spiel. And um, listen, I I think that rappers, I mean basketball players, can transition to rap easy because that's the lifestyle growing up in the community that we grow up in. Just like rappers can play ball, but we might not have the opportunity to get into the league like how you got an opportunity. To get into the record industry if you're a baller. So. I heard a record today. From an artist that used to be on MMG. And I liked it a lot. Stally. I was like dang what happened to Stally. So I'm listening to the record. I don't even know who's on it yet. I'm just listening to the record. It was on my YouTube. Popped up on the home screen. And then the second verse came in. And it was this guy. Barbara Davis, we hit another layer. When she speak to me, it's like she's saying prayers. I feel like Randy Barnes when he was on the Raiders. Man, they love the haters. This woman's so fine, I give her cash payments. Baby, I'm just so glued to the basics. I wanted more room, so I copped a crib sitting adjacent. Uh, in this whole world, I'm Freddie Jason. I'm sitting in the places of great but never complacent. Yeah, baby, I'm a stoner. Yeah, I took that long walk up the hill that made me alone. And nah, baby, I don't like being humble. I hang with mongrel. Gotta pay attention, it's a God sitting amongst you and you know it The money that was made couldn't be scared money I had no one to put up the bread for me The Trevor Jackson Podcast He he was giving me Wiz Khalifa, Currency Vibes uh, Just a laid back chill artist like the weed smoking type of guys You know what I mean And that verse wasn't that bad coming from KD I never heard KD rap before I know he's a great baller 
but I never heard him rap before, and I want to salute KD for that, man. Big salute, Kevin Durant, man. That was a that was a dope verse, man, and I I suggest y'all go check out the whole record, for real. But let's take a break in the pod and listen to a dope record right quick. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. I had to get me something. I came up from nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change nothing. To get me something, I came up from nothing. I had to change my mental, upgrade my credentials. How a nigga came up, it wasn't accidental. Now monumental, more like legendary. A player never worry, bumping pop, hell Murray trapped off a of blackberry. Ain't contrary to your belief. I made it at them streets, don't acknowledge beef. Kept the play discreet, we too unique on the winning streak. Spent a couple racks at the boutique. I wouldn't change nothing, I'm always me. Never took a plea, nigga, you a flea. I'm your OG's OG. He called me for inspiration, need a consultation. Just make the payment for the conversation. If it's elevation or innovation, my expectation ain't limitation. You need a demo. My track record and reputation should be admiration. That's confirmation. I'm decoration for the trenches, off the benches, jump the fences. No penny pension. We off the hinges. Hit the shot. My team winning the series. Clinching. You niggas finished. Never timid. I've been a menace. No old dog. And every day is printed. Haters living because my life changed. Should be happy, but you a real lame. If I had Boy, boy, your boy, but I got choked up on that vegan cheese and olive that I was eating. That's why I had to take a break in the pile, real talk. <laughs> I didn't want to tell y'all, though. But I got some more conversations before we get up at this thing, man, to talk about that was interesting to me this week. And uh, first, I want to get into it because I posted this in the community section in my Facebook group that I do. If you ain't a part of the Facebook group, go to Facebook and put in the Trevor Jackson podcast and check out the content before I release the content, the topics of discussion that's going to be on the show. I put them, I put the little videos and stuff in the Facebook group just to spark conversation to see the direction that I want to go and see people's reaction to the direction. And uh, this really got a lot of traction this week. That is a man wife, bro. That's a fact. Like, you cannot put your genitals on the back of a man wife, bro. Hell no. Unless he paid for that. Bro, bro. And and let me tell you. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Because everywhere I go, they've been on my ass, right? And I'm going to stand up for what I say. Because I'm a real one. First of all, it wasn't planned because the reaction on her face. Right. It was like, I know he just didn't. She was like. And if it was planned, she would have she would have had a time to ask her husband, was it okay? And both of them would have said no, because they know what social media will do to something like that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't planned. She was caught off guard because if it was planned, she would have had time to ask her husband, is this okay?" And I feel like both of them would have said no, because they know how social media would take something. 
you know. Right. I got love for Swiss. I fuck with Swiss. Look up to him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he did that. And he, she got snuck a punch, bro. Mm. You see the expression? Mm. <laughs> That's a you saw that expression? She was caught off guard. Yeah. And people can say I'm insecure all the fuck they want. That ain't insecure. That ain't insecure. It's boundaries. That is his wife. That's a fact. Nigga ain't putting his nest sack on back of my bitch. (laughs) Oh my God. He said nigga ain't put. He didn't though. He had pants on, Boosie. He didn't. I'm gonna tell you something that I'm I'm starting to find interesting uh, with men in relationships. A lot of men in relationships feel as if they have ownership over their wife. That she can't do this, she can't do that, she can't do this, she can't do that. Isn't Usher newly married? Isn't Alicia Keys married? It was a hug and that's all it was. They're in the entertainment business. They're in the business of entertaining you fools. You people that's emotional about stuff that doesn't even matter. That matter to you and social media. When he go home with that woman, that's his woman. That woman loves him. She gives him his all. You are concerned about social media. Nobody else is concerned about y'all opinions, man. Y'all opinions on social media don't mean nothing in real life. I was I, I ain't talked about the uh, Shannon Sharp and Desi. Desi Banks uh, podcast, but I, I seen a, a snippet of it about him talking about how pretty V feels about the Rick Ross and his newly found love or interest uh, relationship. And uh, Desi Banks said that pretty V doesn't care. She doesn't care about what the Internet says and perceives, but just keep the people talking. Keep the people talking. That doesn't affect your real life. Boosie said he wouldn't agree to that because of what the internet think. He Swiss Beats might have agreed to that because he don't care what the internet think. And the internet talking is a monetary game. You don't own your woman, dog. She can walk up and leave you right now and you can't do nothing about it. She can go have sex with another man right now and you can't do nothing about it. It ain't no difference. It's a respect level. And you should give. What did she do that was disrespectful? I don't even know what Usher did that was disrespectful. Y'all ain't talking about what his wife thinks about the hug. Y'all ain't talking about that part. What does his wife think about the hug? Y'all talking about Alicia Keys being hugged and what Swiss Beats think. I didn't even get the tweet up of Swiss Beats response. But he said, y'all concerned about the wrong things. Y'all should be concerned about the dress. Because Swiss Beats don't care. Y'all do. And if that was my wife in that situation, I wouldn't care. I'm married. Boosie ain't even married, giving an opinion on that. And I want to know the response from the husbands that's listening to this podcast. Would that have bothered you? Because my perspective, you are insecure. Just like how the other people said about Boosie. You are insecure. You don't own that woman, dog. You don't own that woman. Real spill. Just because you you got married, you're on a contract and all of that, you don't own that woman. Especially when she's in the entertainment business. 
I, I got some more things I could say about that, but I'm going to leave that alone and, and move forward in the conversation because it was some a, a comedian got disrespectful this week. He got disrespectful. And the George Floyd uh, situation that happened in 2020, it caused the uproar. Candace Owens said some crazy things about it. She even wrote a documentary. Not right. She made a documentary about it. The whole world was protesting. I don't even know if we've seen protesting since. I think people are fatigued because <laughs> ain't nothing happening about the protest. And people are still dying in the same fashion. And to be honest with you, George Floyd didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that. But back to some of the things I've been saying on the podcast with the snippets. If y'all have seen them lately with uh, Judge Joe Brown. And then with the podcast I did about Waka Flocka's response to getting arrested people got to learn how to conduct themselves man in a professional manner in a conversation it ain't always all about you man for real you got to learn how to conduct yourself when you're being arrested that's just my opinion so this comedian named david lucas people was getting up leaving his show after he had this to say oh for a joke george floyd would arrived Man, all these white people at my show. And you wanted to show them the reason George Floyd got his neck nailed on. <laughs> Don't ooh at that joke. It's just a joke, man. I would have never kneeled on George Floyd's neck. I would have shot that nigga. That was making us look. It's called comedy, nigga. How many more black fans I got to hit that might leave? Oh, man, I got, I got. Because, nigga, I was just warming up with that George Floyd. You ready to go? All right, baby. Okay. All right, you offended too, baby, with the braids? You offended too? God, man, stop. Y'all good? Or y'all about to... Oh, I'm... I like Kyle Rittenhouse too. I like Kyle Rittenhouse too. You too, bro? Bro? Oh, but you me a little bit, right? Uh, see that in here. Y'all go check out that visual. I didn't play the visual because I want my show to be monetized. David Lucas was extremely disrespectful to me with that comedic piece. To me, black people need to show more unity. We need to be more unified. And when you take that route of dissing the dead, saying you wouldn't have kneeled on him, you would have shot the N-word. I don't even want to say nigga, but I just did. You would have shot him. You're being disrespectful for views, likes, and claps. And people left. And the, and the Caucasian individuals was in there clapping and laughing, and they found it hilarious. For that, you the coon, man. You It's the coon, not a coon. You the coon. The coon of the week. And 
I would have got up and left too, man, because I'm not going to let nobody trick me out my position and make me act out of character for some dumb stuff. But I really don't do comedy like that. People be, that, that was foul, man. That was foul. That was real foul. And speaking on being unified, I want to talk about some more marriage topics because we just need to have that discussion. And I don't view the LGBTQ community as wrong for loving who they love. I don't feel interracial relationships are bad because people love who they love. But me, I can coexist with my own better. They understand my struggles. They understand the things that I've been through. We can relate to the same music, the same art, the same type of love. We, we understand each other on a different level. And cultures, different cultures can make the relationship harder than it has to be. So when I say you, I married a black woman, Walt T. Williams said there's only one case he agreed with in terms of segregation. And people are like, well, what is that? Because you've been free thinking. You're over here writing conservatives. And he says, that's when it comes to marriage. You should marry a black woman. Mm -hmm. Because who's going to understand me like a black woman? Mm -hmm. Who going who gonna to understand my pain, my strife, my struggle. Who's going to understand culturally how important it is for my black children to be proud to be black? Even when she didn't birth these children, she's still their mother. Nobody's going to do that like a black woman. Yeah. Nobody's going to. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not putting down other people, but that's say before you criticize me, though. Yeah. I'm going to look at your life decisions. Yeah. And if you, if, your, if you know what I'm saying, and if your life decisions didn't bring you to a black woman, then a lot of the shit you say might not be that's a credit right. to me. So I got a critic, you know, I got a critic. Of, yeah, I know this nigga don't like me. That's right. I know this nigga don't like me. I don't act like this to like me. You know what I'm saying? This nigga been accused of all kind of fucked up shit. But when I seen that nigga wife, oh, nigga. Yeah. when I see this nigga again, I'm putting this nigga to the side. Yeah. I'm pulling your nigga card because you can't critique me about being black. I live in a black neighborhood. I grew up in a black community. I That's didn't right. move three exits from the neighborhood I grew up in. Still helped the same black high school and college and elementary schools I went to. And you can't get blacker than me because when I wake up in the middle of the night, I wake up next to a black wife. That's right. I can relate to that also because I do too. It's not, I, like I said before I played that clip, it's nothing wrong with loving someone of a different race, someone of a of the same sex, none of that. That's not who I am. But I don't think a, a, a person would understand me like a black woman. I was raised by a black woman. They whooped me. They raised me. They told me what was best for me. And, and I was educated through a black woman. My mother, my grandmother, my sister. How could I go elsewhere and try to adapt to a different culture? Cultural differences mean something. It means a lot when you're dealing with a relationship. Like, you didn't grow up the way those other individuals grew up and not saying that that is the reason that ain't, that's the reason why you shouldn't be with a person. But for me, that would be a challenge, man. That would be a challenge. Cause I, I like to do things how I like to do things. how I was raised to do things. Now I got to alter what I known for 20, 30, 40 years to conform to what you used to. It's going to be a conflict of interest down the line. 
So I wouldn't even get myself involved in that. Keeping it on a black topic before I head out. I told you at the top of the show about voting, about uh, vote for what? And the way it's looking right now, it's going to be another Biden-Trump race. To think about that, America is in a bad position to me. We can't find no other leaders better than them two. Two men is almost 80. We can't find no better leaders than those two. And to be honest with you, I think that America is fighting to keep the country the way it's always been. Keep the structure of the country the way it's always been. And I never, I, the first time I ever voted, I was 28 years old. No, how old was I when Obama? I was 28 years old when Obama got into office. And uh, that was the first time I voted. I used to think, like, what am I voting for? It's not going to affect me. It doesn't uh, have no effect on my family, my loved ones. I, I, it won't have nothing to do with me. And then I started, after Obama, I started getting interested in politics. I started watching C-SPAN and MSNBC and CNN and Fox News daily. All the time. I used to watch that morning first take. And the sports shows in the morning. When other dudes was watching sports shows in the morning, I was watching political shows. And I'm coming to a point to where black is not being acknowledged. The things that I will want for the people that look like me is not being acknowledged. And we can't unify as a people. Like what I was saying earlier about the David Lucas situation, how he disrespected George Floyd. We can't unify as black people. Back to Killer Mike saying it's important to marry a black woman. We can't unify to cause no change. Now to the politics. For us to have change and be heard, we would have to unify for Trump or Biden to listen to us or they're not going to listen if we don't unify. So if black folks can't come together on a certain agenda that we want to happen to help us as a whole for us to unify, what am I voting for? Does Joe Biden have a solution for miseducation? No, neither does Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for police genocide? No, neither does Donald Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for ethnic cleansing, aka residential genocide? No, neither does Donald Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for mass incarceration? Of course not. He supported the Bill Clinton federal crime bill back in 1994. Neither does Donald Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for economic redistribution of America's wealth? No, he don't. And neither does Donald Trump. I keep telling you over and over again. I want to stop that for a minute because the things that he was saying is so important to me. Because 
it takes us unifying for them things to even happen. Does Joe Biden have a solution for miseducation? No, neither does Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for police genocide? No, neither does Donald Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for ethnic cleansing, aka residential genocide? No, neither does Donald Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for mass incarceration? Of course not. He supported the Bill Clinton federal crime bill back in 1994. Neither does Donald Trump. Does Joe Biden have a solution for economic redistribution of America's wealth? No, he don't. And neither does Donald Trump. I keep telling you over and over again. I keep telling you over and over again. I keep telling you this. Over and over again. Stop voting for personalities. Vote for an agenda. <laughs> you vote for what you like because they're saying something that you can agree with more than the other person is saying, right? He, he put out five agendas on there. Miseducation. The education that your children, because I don't have children, but I'm concerned about yours, though, are getting the, the education that they're getting. It's not going to benefit them to me in the long run. The world is changing and altering at a faster pace than normal. So if they go into school for something that's, that's about to be Artificial intelligence <laughs> is going to be running it. What they going to school for? Police genocide. First, we got to look ourselves in the mirror. Police are killing black folks. But I always say look ourselves in the mirror first. It's incidents where police done shot and killed brothers. And they did absolutely nothing. But the majority of the ones that's being promoted on television or whatever, black folks are moving wrong. We're not being taught how to operate when we're getting pulled over or when we're in a situation dealing with a police officer. They tell you to put your hands up. You want to put your hands up. Why I got to put my hands up? See, that, ain't, that ain't how you should operate. Ethnic cleansing. That's an interesting one because the migrant situation, the, the way that we even being concerned with ethnicity of others shouldn't even matter. This is a country full of different ethnicities. No one should be viewed higher or lower than the other one. Mass incarceration. Golly, I ain't going to talk about that. We already know. Economic redistribution. That's never going to happen, dog. That's never going to happen, Dr. Umar. We're going to have to kill and destroy before the economics be redistributed. That's not going to happen. It's a capitalistic country. You got to get it on your own. It's more poor white folks than poor black folks at the end of the day. But, man, I hope y'all was entertained by this show. I hope y'all may have learned something or 
y'all wanted to research something or you enjoyed yourself, man. Share the show, like the show. We be back tomorrow, man, live to do the all-star game. I appreciate y'all, man. Peace, love, plenty, abundance. Make sure you go get you some money. And I'm gone. Chip. Niggas didn't want me to blow, it was all a dream for sure Now I'm up and not looking back, did the racks, now it's deposits Life is good when you have options, niggas cap, never been popping The diamonds ain't real, player just stop it All we do is the VV, shine so bright the lanes can't see me Been notorious, no biggie, did the Louis Now I'm in Poochie, yo chicka groupie, act unruly Niggas goofy, always moody, I'm a dog me Scooby to this gang, you niggas newbies at Benny's, I just want sushi, left the streets when shit got spooky, kept it real, that was my duty, my team keep Drake's I told the Uzi, director of my own movie, make sure the business runs smoothly, yours truly been evolved, beef I